Hi, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads. The only show dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world, Advanced Squad Leader. I'm Dave. And I'm Jeff. We are your hosts. For the next hour, sit quietly while we control all that you hear. Wow, it's kind of... We're taking you to the outer limits. Dictatorial, isn't yes. it, Jeff? <laughs> sit quietly. Well, we're not going to control it. We're no. going to let our listeners contribute. I think that's a good idea, yeah. By providing letters for it's us to It's their show, right? It's their show? It's their sh- Well, no. kind of their show. We don't care about that. Who are we kidding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do some... Uh, are we, should we just jump right into it? What show number is this, Dave? We, we didn't say. Oh, 38. 38. And today is June 1st. Happy June. 2010. Yeah. Summer is a-coming. Actually, Memorial Day has just passed. Right. So should we take a moment of silence for the veterans? I think that's a nice idea. All right. A moment of silence, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. We owe a lot to those veterans. and. um Hope you all got out to a parade or something or in, in some way paid homage to these uh, amazing guys. Not just made it a cookout day. Right. Yeah. Very important. And, and we, we saw a great parade with a lot of, uh, a lot of a li- live veterans, and uh, it was very nice to see them. And we will have uh, a little history report to a Medal of Honor winner uh, in this show, which has been missing for a while. Great. Excellent. But first... A word from our sponsor. <laughs> but first, how about uh, listener mail? Listener mail. A couple of shows. Time for some listener mail. We haven't done it for a while. We'll let the music go on. The, the orchestra's been sitting here. I know, and they've been demanding overtime yeah. for just sitting here. Can you believe it? The joints are all I'm still. Like, come on, we haven't even asked you to play. Yeah. Our time is valuable. Jeff. All right, that's there we go. <laughs> I was just going to let it go. I wanted to see how long it would take you <laughs> to decide you'd had enough. <laughs> Maybe we should do one show with just all music. It'd be kind of fun. It would be. Give ourselves a break because you know how stressful this this work is that it, we're doing here. All in the name of ASL. Well, do so, you have the first one? Uh, why don't you do the first one? Or you it want me says, to do it? You, you "Hey do guys, love listening to the podcast." Although he's months behind, because he's going to talk about in number 29. You mentioned the scenario, Abel was I ere I saw Elba, and mentioned that it was a long tongue twister. Maybe someone else has punted this out already, but Mark was trying to be funny, the designer, trying to be funny by having the title be in a palindrome. Be a palindrome. Yeah, a palindrome. And if you watch Monty Python, you'll know what a palindrome is. Did they? And that's from Steve. Did yeah. Python have a palindrome? Oh, there was the palindrome mentioned in one of their skits. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no, what's the other thing which reads the same backwards as forwards? <laughs> a palindrome? Yeah, yeah. It's not a palindrome. The palindrome of Bolton would be not lob. <laughs> it didn't work. 
thought it was the place like they flew the airplanes out of. The pa- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or that. Or is uh, it a palindrome? Is that where Sarah Sarah Palin lives with her ele- elephant? The palindrome. You're thinking of the hippodrome. Dromedary. You're thinking of the, the hippo. That's, that's what I'm thinking of. Which is in Istanbul. No, the hippodrome was where they ran the horses in Rome. Oh, there's one in Istanbul as well. The hippodrome. Yeah. Did, is that where they had hippo <laughs> sumo wrestlers coming out? <laughs> Maybe they misplaced it. I don't know. I thought it was. Let me see. I was in Istanbul, and uh, oh no, wait a minute! It's in uh, it's in Baltimore. <laughs> Thank you, Google. How about that? Yeah, I think that was part of the circus from the yeah. Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey. Is that correct? Uh, Make you do more research. <laughs> Well, I sing a little song about Istanbul. It's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. The large ancient, a large ancient hippodrome, was the hippodrome of Constantinople, which was, which is now Istanbul. Istanbul, not Constantinople. <laughs> anyway, even old New York was once New Amsterdam. Why they changed it, I can't say. Oh, maybe they liked it better that way. Istanbul, not Constantinople. <laughs> You're good. Thank you. It's actually, uh, they might be giants. Istanbul, Constantinople, now it's Istanbul, now Constantinople, been a long time gone. Constantinople, now it's sugar to life, I'm moving at night. Every gal in Constantinople lives in Istanbul, now Constantinople, so if you have a date, Constantinople, she'll be waiting in Istanbul. Oh, very good. Uh, well, back to, uh, was that, who was that from, Steve? That was Steve. Thanks for writing, Steve. Here's a quick one from Danny. You have to who, check uh, out the link to get this send us a one, link, yeah. Members.cox.net slash ASL59 slash ASL masterlist.html. Obviously, uh, this guy has too much time on his hands. And yes, they are all really scenarios that work. And, and so what are these? I didn't check out the link. They are, you have to, can you hit it right now? Yeah, I'll hit it, it right now. It is okay. a list of films. Graceland with a scenario money. Uh, Mel Gibson, Attack Force Z. That's not a knife. That's a knife. That's <laughs> the title of this scenario. The Battle of Britain, he did one to go with the movie, and he calls it Shooting Star. So I'm looking at this list of war films with a scenario for each, and then I see non-war films, and I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. You know, I wonder if he did, like, Planet of the Apes, because here's Desperado, Deer Hunter. I wonder if oh, yeah. that's probably not good. Goodbye, Cruel World. That's probably in four days. I'm like, I wonder if he did Planet of the Apes, and guess what? He did. He did. And if you open it, Dazed and Confused. A, the A-N-U-S number six, Dazed he's, and Confused. He's using a section of the board that's all like the grain fields and a river. And the human rabble are seven prisoner council counters oh that God. set up west of the stream. And then the ape hunters all enter on the other edge. And the victory conditions are not here. Does he have victory conditions? Uh, whoever ends up with the most bananas, I think, isn't it? <laughs> Where's the victory condition? Apparently they didn't think anybody would take this seriously enough to, oh, to actually play it. Here it is, VC. Oh. Five turns, victory condition is massacre. So the apes <laughs> have to wipe out all the humans. How about in that? In five turns. That's very interesting. Well, so who who... Uh, who wrote this particular scenario? I think the same guy did them all. Wow, that's amazing. I would say that's right. This guy has a lot of time on his hands. I wouldn't say too much time. I don't want to go that far to say he's got too much time. 
There's He's always got a lot of time on his hands. Scar Scarface called 226 F bombs in 170 minutes. <laughs> Star Wars 4 is in here. Oh wow. So boy, you know, after we finish those zombie games, Jeff. Yeah. Which we haven't started yet. No. We haven't finished our Red Yeah. Red Dawn. Our Red Dawn. Yet. Yeah. Or a few right. return, right? Yeah, a few return. With Red right. Dawn the scenario. We did yeah. this, that scenario. All right. All right. Well, th- so thanks, check- for, thanks for sending us that, Danny. Now we're more stressed than normal. Yes, with more things we have yeah, to do in our lifetime. Things. Oh, God. Uh, what else you got? Or do you want me to do the next one? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. This is from Peyton. Uh, being new at ASL, I thought Journal 8 was great with one, exe- one exception. Cellar Dwellers. My friend and I played that scenario for all of two turns before deciding it was not for us. It seemed more like a theoretical situation during a campaign game than a valid scenario. Essentially, I was able to move in and force all of the Russians to fail to rout, meanwhile breaking all Russians outside, thus ending the game. We went to play Escape from uh, Komsomol. Komsomol Park and loved it. So, so he's just given a little scenario advice. He's new to ASL. Maybe he's playing it wrong. Now, there you, that's a question. I thought that would <laughs> yeah. be a good discussion with yeah. this letter. Maybe there's something the Russian's doing wrong that will not allow him to win that scenario in that way, with that method. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, when they play test these things, they like to find, as we heard, well, it's an interview coming up. With Pete Shelling, we haven't aired yet from right. the Open, yeah. coming yeah. up soon. Yeah. He said, like, to find certain guys are known, or maybe Lars said this, or did Chaz say Chaz said this, Chaz Argent. Find guys who can bust scenarios and find the way that oh, yeah. it's unwinnable. Yeah. Well, the Russian just has to move to this far corner, and the guy can't move far enough to catch him in four turns. Yeah. So then they have to add two more turns, whatever. Right. It makes you wonder. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. But how could it have gotten into Journal 8? I don't know. Peyton, I, Peyton? I've got a lot of respect for you. I'm saluting you. <laughs> he is saluting. But it's very possible you left out some, maybe some. Possible. Maybe you didn't read all the rules. And so we'll put this, we just mentioned it, interesting topic. Yeah. And you, I'm sure our listeners will jump in and give their two bits on it. Yes. And people can check the Roar record and see how it's going that way. Right. So if you've played Cellar Dwellers and would like to rebut. Post a uh, comment. Yeah, post or call us. Uh, what do you got? Hi, guys. I just started listening to the podcast last week. Lots of new listeners, Jeff. Yeah, it's great. It's kind of exciting. That's why yeah. all the early episodes have a lot of hits, yeah. and the later ones don't. And you people um, out there that um, that don't have kids yet, get started on it and get them listening to the two half squads. <laughs> we need the next generation of we listeners. Do. Yeah. <laughs> He's up to episode 13, and la la, he does say, did I just say la la? You did, yes, that's a filler, and that's known as, that's known as you know, filler. I, I knew I was getting old when at school I actually called some of the students deer. Oh, you're kidding. No, I did. Where did that come from? I don't know. Where did that come I don't even think people called me deer when I was a kid. It was very interesting. I thought, wow, I just called a student deer. Hey, dear, would you get the scissors for me? <laughs> Do you wear support hosiery and I, sandals? It's inexplainable. Yeah, I, and Bermuda shorts? I, not yet. Yeah, but it's coming. Well, under my pants. Um, could you guys do a comparison of starter kits? I mean, is one better than the other in terms of fun and replayability? Does starter kit 3 leave out the rules added in starter kit 2, or does it build upon it? It builds upon it. So you can grab 3 and have all the rules from 1 and 2. That's right. 
That we can say. Otherwise, in terms of fun and replayability, Jeff, you've played a few of the scenarios. I think all the all the starter kits are equally fun, but I played them in order. I played starter kit one, and then starter kit two, and starter kit three. That's in order. That's what I meant when I <laughs> when I said in order. Starting I just with wanted to make one. that clear. <laughs> That's not, also known as filler. Not the order that you bought them in. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So uh, yeah, I know. I thought they were all fun. Obviously, you know, once you get your your feet wet in starter kit one, you want to have more fun. So you go into starter kit two, and because that adds guns, it's more fun. But it's not more fun. It's just you're having more fun. And then after starter kit three, you want to have more fun. Yeah. You go to full ASL. Full ASL. Yeah, and then the fun never stops. Right. After that, it's just endless fun. Endless fun. It's a or endless... you take that vacation you've been putting off for a while. Yeah. <laughs> And so, anyway, listeners can log in some comments. And he asked, would you ever consider talking about Panzer Grenadier and Combat Commander? I recall Jeff mentioning that he's read through Panzer Grenadier rules, and he'd be interested in how those games compare to ASL in terms of the rules. Thank you from Albert. Yeah, I would. I think that would be fun. And I have a friend that we played a few games of. But I don't. Oh, oh, go on, Jeff. <laughs> I'll just keep talking. Do you uh, think we should do that? I don't know. I th- yeah, I think it'd be kind of interesting. Okay. Well, you can sell me on it. Yeah. Um, I just thought it would kind of like not be about ASL. So, Well, it would be about why you don't want to play Panzer Grenadier. Oh, that yeah. sounds mean. Yeah. No, and, and I think, uh, you know what I do like about the pa- Panzer Grenadier and that the publishing company, Avalanche Press. Yes, nice. Is that... It might be every day or certainly every week they publish an article, a historical article, about some interesting bit on World War One or World War Two because they have games from both periods, and how those how the historical thing they bring up applies to the game. So and how you can then play the game and be thinking about that historical bit. They come out with this stuff all the time. It keeps you going back to their website constantly, learning a little bit about history. Learning a little something about their game that you hadn't thought about before, and uh, I I love that about it. It makes it really it's it's exciting. It's exciting. They've got a great website, and they do so. a great job on the graphics. Yeah, the graphics are beautiful. I will say that on their game components. So, yes, nice and you job, know what? Panzer the, 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 well, there was a guy from Panzer Grenadier at Little Wars, and I never went over and talked to him. I don't know why. Oh, from, from the dealership room, or was he running a game? Running? A uh, game? No, from in the dealership room. I should have gone over to talk to him, and he looked so lonely. <laughs> okay, I've got a email from Tom. Good show, as usual. I especially appreciated the critique of the shootout program on the History Channel. Oh, right. Yeah, we talked about that. Shootout Okinawa. Yeah. Uh, I like a lot of the stuff there, but it definitely borders on exploitive and voyeuristic at times. The one that really made me angry was a program several years ago on one of the paratrooper units at Normandy. The show used reenactment simulations from a friggin' video game. Oh, we don't say that, Jeff. Sorry. I'll edit that out. I uh, can't remember which game off the top of my head. But the program was uh, obviously promoting that game. This would have been bad enough, except the show also interspersed interview clips with vets, a la Band of Brothers. That really ticked me off. I felt sorry for those guys being used in that way. I would have to agree. Yeah, and we like to read letters from people who agree with us. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, we get we get scads of stuff that are that people don't agree with us. All right, just, in the trash. Yeah, all so then they have to go and post on the site. Yeah, 
Yeah, which we edit those out too. <laughs> we do not. Yeah. Have we, we have edited power. anything out? Oh, we edited one thing out that was inappropriate once. Yeah, that somebody used some swear words, I think, or yeah, something. Once. Yeah. yeah. When we like to it. keep it G. That was it. Otherwise, yeah. we've never edited it. No, we thing. never do. So. So yeah, thank you, Tom. And again, yeah, that does you, Tom. point something out about the History Channel. Yeah, and their and their attitude. And I want to talk to you more about that when we're off the air. Okay. Why am I in trouble? <laughs> it's possible. Possible. I'm not going to talk about it till later. You can just sit there and squirm. You got another one there. Yeah, this is this is an email from Rick Reinish from Bounding Fire Productions. Dave and Jeff, yes, that cover is photoshopped. He's referring to our little comments that we made about Blood and Jungle. We were doing the full review of Blood and Jungle, not only the contents, but also the the box that it came in. Who's the wise guy that thought about doing box cover art would be funny? <laughs> was that your idea, Jeff? <laughs> I think that was you, Dave. No, I don't know. Was it you or me? I don't know. Uh, he goes on to say, it's actually a blend of seven different images into one. The biggest problem I had was that the image of the two Japanese guys was not as detailed and crisp as the rest of the images I had, so I had to make the best of it. And no, that's not a picture of Japan in the background. It's a smoke column. (laughs) Okay. Rick, I'm officially apologizing to you. Yeah. We did not mean to belittle the effort that that certainly must go into the production of all of these products, and you have great products. We love them, and you can't judge a book by its cover. And you did a better job than we could have done, certainly. And it really did look more like smoke than Japan. It did, yes. Now we looked at it again, and it does. So, so thank you, Rick, and thank you for yeah. for not being more rude in your email <laughs> to us, <laughs> even though we deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> and our last letter from Eric Hill from Portland, Oregon. I used to be content with my ASL box destruction process. The boxes got flattened and recycled. And now, after listening to a block of six Half Squad podcasts, another new listener, during a mega road trip, I've changed my ways. I will no longer be destroying them. Instead, I will make a special wall niches to hold all future purchases so I may gaze upon their well-wrought beauty. Thanks, guys. See what a good box art review program can do? See? You've really converted somebody there. Yeah. And, P.S., the ads for the C4 countercutter have paid off. I have converted to using that fine device as well. Ka-ching! Dave King, thanks you. Yeah. And if you're up to divulging an email address, I mean an actual shipping address, he'd like to send some fine Oregonian microbrew for us to enjoy during our game sessions. And I noticed Jeff responded real quick to that <laughs> one, and he put his address down and not mine. I thought we agreed that my address would be the shipping address. Oh, yeah, we did agree, but I have, there was a, a did, moment of insanity. When did that change? Yeah. I had to mail out all the T-shirts. Yeah. So my address was the one that was out there in public, and suddenly Jeff responded, Well, <laughs> Jeffrey Hallett, mail it here. I think it's because when, um, when the beer came to us from St. Louis, uh-huh. you drank a six-pack before I got it. No, any. it was only like four. Oh. <laughs> and... Well, I think this it's time. Speaking we of. should then open something. I'm getting parched with all this uh, talk of the of the beautiful brew. Too, but actually, I could use some water. Oh, I, I, I get that. We, we don't do water here. The water's bad here, so we just drink beer. It's like the Middle Ages. We drink beer and wine. I'm drinking uh, Mighty Arrow Pale Ale, New Belgium. This is from uh, Fort Collins, Colorado. 
and I don't. Oh, it's brewed and bottled in Fort Collins, Colorado. Yeah, this is that new Belgium group, and the one thing is, this was on sale for ten bucks at Twelver, which you know I, certainly I, influences our purchases. Yeah, I was at the store today. I couldn't believe it. A six pack of Ham's beer. Ham's the beer refreshing. Yeah. Ham's. Do they still make that? Three dollars and fifty cents for a six pack of cans. I, that's pretty low. That's really inexpensive, and I was afraid to buy it. I thought it can't be any good if it's that cheap. <laughs> so I opted for the Bud Which could Light. Could be true. So uh, cheers, cheers, everybody. Hope you enjoy a, a, the beverage of your choice in moderation occasionally. Absolutely. It's a little dry down in the uh, broadcast foxhole today. Well, that covers the letters. Thank you all for writing in. We'd like to hear from. If any of you have not ever written to us. We ask you to please take a moment, just write in, even if you're just saying hello. We just like to know that you're out there. Jeff! 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 What are you doing? I'm in here. What are you doing in here? I'm clipping counters. Using what? My nail clippers, Dave. I'm clipping counters. Jeff, Jeff, we've got to get to the tournament. People are expecting us. I know, I know. Our our fan base is there, Jeff. Dave, I cannot go to the tournament with ragged corners on my counters. Leave me alone. i got to clip these. But but all two of our listeners are there waiting Uh, to hear I've only got 400 counters to go. Give me... Can you come back tomorrow? No, 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 no. Here, 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 here. No, it won't take eight hours. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Remember, the C4 corner cutter... Oh, the C4 corner cutter. I totally forgot. How could you have forgotten? Here, here it is. Take the C4, Jeff. I can cut hundreds of counters. Hundreds of counters. Line them up right in there. All right. Hold that blade. All right. Ready, go. Wow. Load in another five. There you go. This is amazing. Ten more. Oh, my gosh. Another ten. Can anything be easier? This is fantastic. This is a miracle. How did I ever get by without a C4 corner cutter? You ready to go to the tournament? Dave, I'm ready to go. Let's go! Don't let ragged corners ruin your next squad leader tournament. Get a C4 corner cutter from Counterculture. When you order, mention the two half squads, and they'll toss a dollar into the shipper. Yep, a buck in the box just for mentioning the two half squads. And there's no time limit on this offer. Something else... The C4 has gone retail, so check with your local hobby or game store to see if they have it. Speed up the tedious task of clipping counters one at a time. Get the C4 corner cutter. Less time clipping means more time gaming. And a buck in the box, too. For more info, just click the link on our show site. Yeah, you know, Jeff, you remember we did a review of uh, Journal 8? Uh, Vaguely, yeah, vaguely. (laughs) I'm not that old. It's all pretty vague, isn't it? And inside it, it had some great material, but you may recall a page that had, like, errata called Doom Battalion's 3rd Edition Debriefing. Right. And I showed you this, and you were like, what is that? And I said, well, this is all the errata. You're supposed to go through, line by line, your rule book, and change them to things like, for example, Common Vehicle Note 33, R35F, and Note change dates to 939 to 441. Add a dagger and a 1 next to the E in the notes column of the vehicle listing. Add an asterisk before the AAMG line on the back of the counter. Wow. 
So I told you I dutifully go through here and yeah, you know, write all these in, and I acted like, oh, you know, no big deal. Yeah. It took me like two stinking hours to go through all this. It was. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, what? what am I insane? Yeah. Why are you doing this? And at one point, I'm like, you know, can I just make a note on, like, the vehicle listing saying, see Journal 8 for any updates? And some of them, I'm writing them in, and they're like, rarity factors. Yeah. Which you only use if you're doing your own. Right. I'm like, why am I writing this in? <laughs> it's the curse of ASL. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. So I actually skipped a few. And I felt like no. I was, yeah, and I felt kind Cheater. of fun. <laughs> oh, you're so, you're so oh, naughty. You know, I'm just going to skip this rarity factor 1.4 to make it 1.5. Oh. It's just so small. You're obviously not committed. If I ever design my own, you know, would it ever catch up to me? It might. <laughs> it might, Dave. And I still have not done, I have not finished doing the scenario updates. Oh, wait, I did do that. You I did, did those do them. Too? Yeah, I did. I got them done. Right. I went through, yeah, I pulled all these scenarios out. Because, um, so if you're planning on playing some of them, they did the changes that they had upgraded them to make them, I guess, more balanced. Yeah. I guess we're, and I'm thinking, well, man, is it a constant refining of a scenario to get it balanced? Well, I guess with all the planes you can get yeah. since the game's release, if it seems to be a little off, beats what you did in the play test, go ahead and update it. Yeah. Because there's a lot of new guys going to be buying doom battalion's third edition and it's going to have all these changes in it and if it, i'm sure they don't do that with every scenario they do it with the ones that are classics or they Correct. get replayed or that are new and just very popular and as, as it comes up you know they put those things in there now rich rich spilke and i played acts of defiance uh over the weekend which i guess is a classic kind of a classic yes, scenario in fact he showed me it's it's come out three or maybe four different times now i don't remember yeah, what it could be right mm-hmm and each time they're very, very subtly different, but it makes sense because it's been out for a long time. People keep playing it, so they keep refining it, and I guess that makes sense. So I, I you give go. you a lot of credit for doing that. I started doing it uh, actually just in rulebook. Oh, book. you did? Yeah, yeah in rulebook 2, the errata that comes with uh, version 2 of the rulebook. And I started going through and in pen adding the errata to the different pages, and uh, it's very time-consuming. But it does make a difference. I mean, it doesn't. It Except for the rarity factor. Yeah, well, some of some of them are pretty arcane, but you you're, you do have to be really committed, or at least you should be committed. I but may commit you right after this. Here's the thing that I realized getting frustrated doing this was, at one time they issued this stuff in the size that would fit in the rule book. Oh, and I think you printed it out on sticky notes. Hmm. I I cut mine out by hand, I think, and glued them in. Yeah, and it actually was a lot better than trying to write that small and fit all this stuff in. So I'll make one formal complaint about Journal 8. You know, print all this up in a really small font that would fit into the spaces. Yeah, that'd be nice. Or rewrite the, the rule section completely yeah. and just say Xerox this, cut it out, and glue it take, you know, glue it right over the thing. Yeah. Although maybe by the time you glue it. But you get all the sloppy writing all over your book. Yeah. So that's my one. One thing. That's one way to do it. I had to go back. I actually, I hired a scribe to to rewrite the rule book for me. Uh, He's uh, in the back room. Hey, Brother Jehoshaphat, how's it going back there? He can't hear me. 
But he's working. He's rewriting the whole thing with the errata. I saw him bring a girl back there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think... Are you paying him? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, monks work for bananas, so it's not a lot. (laughs) Or are you just glad to see me? Yeah. (laughs) You know, we should make a... We we do. We want to make a special mention to uh, listener Chris Falstish. Not sure where he is from, but uh, Chris sent us some very interesting uh, PDF files, which were Armed Force field manuals, the Armed Force field manuals, uh, three or four different ones, I think. And you looked at one of these, Dave, is that right? Uh, yes. Uh, I had detail. one on Japanese like tactics, I think came from the American Army, what they learned about the Japanese. Yeah. I had done the mortar squad and platoon tactical guide or something from the Armed Forces Field Guides, 1942 version. Well, you're a teacher. These, this is probably going to come in handy. Well, I don't get into that much detail oh. when I teach about World War II. No, I mean just controlling students and things. Oh, yeah, yeah, using the mortar smoke, to, yeah, <laughs> the white phosphorus. During passing periods. Yeah, well, you heard what they were like <laughs> coming into the classroom on the comedy bit there, and you couldn't hear me say, you know, Bobby, put down the knife now. No knife's allowed in school. And it got faded out by the kids talking too loudly. But, you know, it's easy to manage them that way. Yeah. Um, uh, the, and I took some notes for squad leader players. Yeah, and we'll post these PDF files uh, on the site on the website after we there. review each one. Um, are you gonna do all three? Of them I'll once? do all three of them. And okay, the, but and we, we will review each one. Back to yeah, uh, the mortar field manual number one cover brush gives good ground concealment, but bad concealment from an air attack. Okay. Which would That's make good sense. To know. So those humans running through the cornfields in that Planet of the Apes scenario, yeah. if you're going in an airstrike, they'll spot them easy. Yeah, if the apes so, come in and they're... If they have their planes. Yeah. yeah. Which actually right. existed in that cartoon version that was on TV. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember. Uh, they had a, a cartoon version of Planet, Planet of the, the Apes? Planet of the Apes, Saturday mornings, and I was getting a little old for cartoons on Saturday mornings, but... Barbera, no doubt. I, you know, Probably. I, no, I don't think it was. Oh. Maybe. But um, they had... More technology like biplanes and things wow. that they were using. So. And the brush, number two, brush. Good air and ground cover. Mm-hmm. Bad field of fire. Can't shoot out of that brush while it's surrounding you totally. Right. Hard to move through brush. Yeah. And scout it before moving in. All things that you might use in squat leader. Yeah. Number three, page 14. Don't know why I mentioned page 14. 10 in parentheses, don't know. Mentions both heavy and light shells for the 81-millimeter mortars. Oh, yeah. I never heard of this. The light shoot farther, and the heavy hit harder, obviously. But in squad leader... Same. Same distance. Yeah, right? same shell. There's no light 88-millimeter no, right. heavy Oh, yeah, that's right. ...ammo yeah. Yeah. for that? No, there isn't. Got me thinking. Yeah. yeah maybe they should have included that... Why not make it more complicated? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you know, it could be what they're working on right now. <laughs> Changing all the heavy Version mortars three of the rule book. to shoot both, yeah. both light ammo and heavy ammo. You asked for it, you got it. We're bringing it all out. We take it back. Yeah, it's more complicated than real life. Number four, smoke. Used for these purposes. Mm-hmm. Screen your move or your attack. Now, okay. I was thinking about that. In squad leader, 
I screened my Yeah, milk, I've yeah. done that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I've hit the enemy with it, not, yeah, planning to run up to it and yeah. leap into the, in particular in Kampf Group Piper, there was a sanitarium the Germans were like holding, I think. And I remember trying to smoke that thing over and get my infantry up into hand-to-hand with the Germans. Yeah. Uh, to blind the enemy. Okay. Yeah. He's got that big fire group. You just smoke him. Yep. Deceive an enemy as to a point of attack. That won't work in squad leader, will it? Uh, Because you can smoke his people on the board, but he still sees where you've set your counters up. Oh, yeah, right. Right? Well, unless you've got hip units. Yeah, but then you could deceive him as to your point of attack without oh, yeah, the smoke. Right. Right. It's the hip, not really the smoke. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I guess that wouldn't really think apply. it helps much. But yeah. you can slow your enemy. We did mention that in our smoke tactics show, and also. that works most Wonder definitely. I got, got it from this. And mark targets for air attack. Oh, never do that in squad. Leader. No, you don't. Your air power can just go in and get yeah. them wherever they are. Yeah. Um, number five, white phosphorus shells have a 10-yard radius burst and 75 yards downwind. For you statisticians out there, I thought you'd like to calculate your hexes into yards and figure that all out. Mm-hmm. Number six, fun smoke facts. Really? Is that what it says in there? Mm-hmm. Fun smoke facts? Mm-hmm. Wow. A, troops sh- shooting out of smoke are 3% effective. Oh, wow. B, troops shooting into smoke are 12% effective. Huh. So it's harder to shoot out than in. That's in squad leader. Yeah. But I don't know if it's like 3%. No. C, you need less smoke to screen an enemy the closer they are to the screen because the screen is appears bigger in their field of vision. Right. The closer it is to them, right. less smoke to block their view. So you're placing your smoke... Rounds closer to the enemy to screen them, their vision. D. That's true in squad leader. Yes. Yeah. And screening with flank, following, or headwinds. Screen when the wind's at your side, behind you, or the head. What's a headwind? Uh, coming straight at you. Not just the kind of blows my toupee off? No. <laughs> no. No. Okay. They have different strategies. Well, so have you, you ever have, so have you ever used smoke in with a, the toupee? On a, with the, <laughs> have you ever used smoke on a, in a scenario where there's a lot of wind and you want it specifically to drift into your opponent, so you shoot it upwind of them? I'm never thinking that much. Yeah, Jeff. I know I wouldn't either. <laughs> and actually, you can use your burning wrecks for that too. As I learned playing Bob, and I mentioned mm. it on the air before, when my half track got shot up because he had to shoot her, it was going to lay in fire. You know. Yeah. I uh, became a brain wreck, and the wind blew the smoke down the street I had to cross, helping you, me. You know, the weather thing, is it's a very interesting thing, because as many times as I've played, which isn't all that many, but as many times as I've played, we always roll for weather, and it's always like, yeah, roll for weather, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, nothing ever happens interesting. Yeah, the boxcars are gusts. Or you get the gusts, but there's no smoke on board, or no well, flames to spread, so... Yeah. Now, when I, I played Acts of Defiance with Rich on Saturday, and, you know, it's mild climate moist but i rolled first it was my turn germans moved first i rolled boom we got rain light rain which means no smoke oh it's correct so there's no smoke comes around to rich's turn he rolls boom heavy rain so now not only no smoke but a plus one and on, on, zero to six right yeah. with a heavy yep 
zero to six, and 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 one more for every six beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. So and that it didn't let up through the entire scenario. Totally changed the way the scenario played because we couldn't use smoke and and we had that extra plus one. Made it very, very difficult. So that that was pretty cool. Yeah. Actually, can happen. Yeah. I wish I'd uh, brought my rain gear. And (laughs) e time of day matters somewhat. Now it's been a while since I made these notes, but. I think it was like the moisture in the morning affects the smoke versus the oh. heavier air, yeah. light air, something like this. It all affects the way the smoke rises and all kinds of things. Yeah. So that's not in squat leader. But. So do they go into more detail than just that? Yeah. In this thing? In the, it's, so open it, up your manual and look. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want that complicated yeah. of notes. Okay. Uh, seven, don't use smoke on located enemy positions. Use high explosives instead. Yeah. <laughs> Or let the other guns use. Unless you just want to annoy them. Well, although often your HE, you know, by the time your tank far away starts to acquire it and get a hit, the smoke is more effective in squad leader, I think. Because it can come in quicker on the position, am I right? Well, yeah, that's true. It's easier to hit. Easier to hit. And then it's going to have a plus four to shoot out. Right. Sometimes. So that's a little different. But eight, use reverse slopes. So when you're on the back side of the hill, firing over the front of the hill. Okay. And then they can't see you to shoot at you, so it's like a spotter. And don't shoot into overhead branches. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Some of them. I, I like that they put everything in there. I mean, did. you may think you know this is common sense, but in a way, it's nice that it's there because they're covering all the bases. Yeah. So you get some guy right out of high school, yeah. not the smartest guy in the class, sets the mortar up in the forest, and don't in the sewer, in the in the closet, <laughs> and don't clump together. Don't clump together what? Your mortars all together. Oh. You know, one Why? Hit, one, one good hit takes them all oh, out. Okay. They're all in the same X. Yeah. No, that's true. So we would never do that. No. I never make mistakes like that, though I did on Saturday. Putting three mortars in one hex? No. But I grouped my, my squads kind of close together. And Rich <laughs> Rich had the... Uh, he was playing the Russians, so he had one module of OBA, 70 millimeter Which OBA. Which never comes in. He rolled a one for his accuracy check yeah. three times in a row. No way. Yes. And I, I had finally cracked into uh, a building that he was holding, and I was running across the street. So I had, like, four squads in the street, one squad in his building, or two squads in his building, and one squad in my building on my side of the street. And he dropped that OBA with a with rolled a one for accuracy and then rode, fired for effect and destroyed everybody. So... That was nasty. There you go. You got to keep my guys spread out more. Yeah, you know the only thing I mean, geekier than you telling that story <laughs> is the fact that I was enjoying listening to it. <laughs> well, you know, guys will tell me it, it's kind of funny because guys will come up to me, "How you doing in this? Uh, how you doing in this tournament? Oh, great. Uh, let me tell you what happened. So and so and did this and this and this, and I'm thinking, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Stop telling me this story." But I don't think it's as bad as people telling their role-playing stories. Yeah, I don't know. Nobody's ever told me a role-playing story. Yeah, they do that. Oh, yeah, oh, you my character. Yeah, oh, my, my yes. thief character. Then he, he went up to this guy and he picked his pocket and then he, he felt it. He turned around and so I, you know, yeah, okay. I don't know. At least in Squad Leader, the language, I think, is more common. Well, There's only so many things that can happen. Well, that's true. Though you did tell me a story recently. Okay, I'm guilty. And... and <laughs> The squad leader story, <laughs> was it, or and I was getting—I was trying to listen. I was trying to follow your squad leader story. Yeah, 
But, you know, you'd go a few sentences, then you'd go, oh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no. Oh, did I say it was, mortar? It was no, his... I, meant, I, I meant his bayonet. <laughs> so you know, I rolled brain. a three. No, wait, no, it was a, no, it was a nine. No, wait, yes, two nines. So in your brain, you saw a tank with a bayonet overrunning my... <laughs> I just thought, I'm just going to look really interested. And I well, thanks, Jeff. That. You fooled me. Yeah. I, I probably knew about in the middle of it. Okay, let's just wrap this story up. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you have to keep them brief, to the point, and yeah. accurate. Yeah. And I had a problem you with do, the yeah. And think about what you're going to say before you say it, so you, so you get it right. Oh, no, that's too hard to do. Practice, maybe, in an elevator. <laughs> pause. Consider for a moment. Yeah. But you know, in this culture today, if you pause, be, people talk way too much. Yes. And just look at us. <laughs> Filling up an hour of a show. Yeah. But they, you know, they don't listen anymore. I mean, oh, work, that's true. I, yeah. I had a friend stop coming to lunch. I'm like, why aren't you coming to lunch? He said, Dave, people just don't listen to anyone. Yeah. And he was right. I was starting to become aware of that. And from that day forward, I'd sit there and hear people interrupt people's stories before they got to the punchline. Yeah. And and then whoever talked loudest, or so you would never have a pause to actually think. And I think that's happening on talk radio with the right wing and the left wing, you know, political They're radios. They're talking so and, fast. And, yeah, so yeah. fast. And listeners will call in and they'll jump in there before the guy's even finished his point. Right. And it just... Now, let's stop and think. So, yeah. anyway. I, th- I think you're right. You're right about that. My so, we'll stop. Let's stop and think. Ready? I'm not having a thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't remember what we were supposed to think about. <laughs> but you're right. Most of the time, people are just waiting for the other person to stop talking so they can get in there. So, they point. can talk, you know. It's not, you tell them it ain't right. Something bad in your health in your family, and then they have a story that's, oh, in my family. Yeah. I'm not engaging you for that reason. Right. Right. So, yeah, you guys should hear Jeff and I talk out in the yard today. Waiting. <laughs> it was nice and calm. And yeah, and we nice. paused. We paused. That was because I couldn't think of anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, book review. Book review, yeah. And we don't have a theme music for book review, right? Uh... No, no, not yet. And I don't have my tambourine. I was going to get off my tambourine. You have a tambourine. Oh, yeah. I took tambourine lessons for years. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was first chair tambourine in the high school orchestra. Wow. Well, my book is... Yeah, it sounds easy, but it ain't. A book called Ghost Soldiers by Hampton Sides. The forgotten epic story of World War II's most dramatic mission. This told the story of the hand-selected troops from the elite U.S. Army 6th Ranger Battalion slipping behind enemy lines in the Philippines to rescue prisoners of war who had spent three years in a hellish camp near Cabanatuan. Cabanatuan. I practiced saying that, and now I've forgotten. Was this uh, the basis of that movie? I, Sorry, I'm walking around a little. Oh, I don't know. Uh, there was a movie called... I'll think of it in a minute. I'm, and I'm sorry to interrupt, Dave. Go well, ahead. No, it, no it's, it's a two-person show. Yeah. But one, I observed it was well-written. Here's the opening paragraph for you. All about them, their work lay ruins. Their raison d'etre. How do you pronounce that? Reason? Raison d'etre. Yes, thank you. The task their commandant had said would, make, would take them three months, but had taken nearly three years, a thousand naked days of clearing, lifting, leveling, wheelbarrowing, hacking, 
Thirty-odd months in close, heavy heat, smashing rocks into smaller rocks and smaller rocks into pebbles, hammering sad hunks of brain coral into bone-white flour with which to make concrete, ripping out the back humus floor of the jungle, felling the gnarled beast of mahogany or nara or kamagong that happened to be in the way, above the bay in a malarial forest skittering with monkeys and monitor lizards. They built an airstrip where none should be, and now they were happy to see it in ruins, cratered by bombs. I thought that was really well written. That's very well written. So I think this, this, I thought the whole book was very well written, very fascinating read. It has weird stuff in it, like this quote from a, one of the rescued prisoners, I believe. It was a custom to eat the stomach of a dog that had been gorged with rice before sacrificing it. Hibbs remembered. The warm rice mixed with the mucus of the stomach. It was supposedly a delicacy. Thank mm. you, David. <laughs> Numb. Oh, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> What's some rice? Winston, it's oh. time for your rice dinner. This is the Cabana Tuan prison camp, yeah, did you say? Yeah, I, I practiced pronouncing this, but I read it like four months ago, so yeah, I'm able to get this review in into the show. We've been so busy. but It's full of good history. It has things like this. There was a naive optimism and a certain improvisational boldness in the way the Ranger Battalions operated. And Moochie's effort, our outfit, was no exception. He's one of the leaders. Although they borrowed the name and drew on the heritage of the other so-called Ranger groups throughout American history, spirited outfits such as Robert Rangers from the um, Robert Rogers Rangers from the days of the French and Indian War, and of course the Texas Rangers, and so there you go, you know. Just a lot of nice history like that of the units involved and stuff. Was it exciting? The book? The book. What he does, he intersperses the footage, footage, the sections on the prisoners Mm -hmm. being real early captured. Like it opens with one of the slaughters where they had to dig their own. You know, they dug trenches and they herded them in there and they gasoline them and there were survivors who swam across the bay. And then how they got to this camp, and then a little bit on here come the rangers, and they're gathering you know, their units and their training, and then back to the prisoners and back to the rangers coming and coalescing them into the same moment when the rangers appeared to rescue. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's some kind of funny stuff. Like there was another especially mean guard on the farm that was the prison camp known as Donald Duck. During his spluttery peaks of rage... The prisoners thought he sounded a bit like the cartoon character, and the name was cemented. Who is Dunu Duck, he demanded to know one day, overhearing the Americans. He's a famous Hollywood movie star, they explained. Does he make much money? Millions. And more than satisfied with the answer, Donald Duck beamed with pride. From now on, he insisted, you address me as Dunu Duck. (laughs) You know, I mean, so it's just got so many fascinating parts to it here. Well, I shouldn't reveal the ending of the story. No, I agree. But I highly recommend the book. So, do you have more questions, Jeff? Read, it read well. Uh, this was made into a movie, not this book, but this incident was made into a movie called The Great Raid in 2005. The Great Raid? Oh, yes. 2005, recently. Yes. Okay, the copyright on this book <laughs> is, I got it used somewhere, so it wasn't recent. Yeah, The Great Raid was based on a novel by William Brewer. Okay, different. Uh, and his book of the same name. All right, thank you. About the liberation of that prison camp by the 
by the Rangers. So, uh, and I started watching for some reason. I started watching that movie and I did not finish it. I don't know why. Oh, but it's, uh, you may have to give yeah, us a movie review, Jeff. I know. I'll go back and do it. But uh, Benjamin Bratt is in it and others. And it also worked along mentions the Filipinos. And I don't know if the other novel had done that in the days of the not you know politically correct novel. Perhaps this one I'm just guessing might be more focused on the Filipino locals who were helping out. And they had a part of the plan was the one Filipino group, Pahota, was going to cut off one part of the road, and Josun was going to cut off the other part where the Japanese would be coming from. And so they had to synchronize that with the actual salt. And then that got me thinking about, of course, advanced squad leader scenarios. Mm-hmm. Of course. You know, has anyone made a scenario about this incident? Uh Probably getting into the camp, yeah. freeing prisoners, prisoner counters. You could do an action with the Filipinos engaging. Um, if I remember correctly, there wasn't as much battle as I was thinking there might be. Uh-huh. Not to reveal the ending or anything, but there was, of course, gunfire yeah. at the camp and at least one end of the of the road. Yeah, and so then there was the escape and a little bit of pursuit. So you have a lot of elements that you could. You know, play around with if you're designing a scenario. Yeah. So I recommend Ghost Soldiers. It's not your big battle book. You know, here's this combat scene, another combat scene, and yeah, it's a lot more. You get, but you get all that detail, that depth, that humor, and it's well written. Yeah. So. And not too, not too huge. Looks like not too 250 huge. pages or so. Yeah. Not like a lot of these. Right. So many. I I pick up a lot of uh, World War II books that are just gigantic. Too much to too much to handle. So, well, thank you for that, Dave. It's good to know you can still read. <laughs> yes, we're taking care of a lot of uh, good odds and ends this show. I know you, you've wanted to talk about Ghost Soldiers because you read that a little while ago. Yeah, I just had a lot of things laying around. I wanted to get them out of the way so we yeah. can push forward with uh, the next rule section for the next show or yeah. whatever, and our, that roundtable we keep talking about. And, yeah, it's a lot of stuff coming up. So what have you got next? You're just um, a man on a mission. Another missing segment for many shows. Okay. History Report. Oh, the History Report. Here's that long intro music. This country is at war with Germany. All these shall be restored, but General Vagon calls the Battle of France. Yesterday, when is that? December 7th, 
Today's Captain Maurice Britt. He was with the U.S. Army, a Medal of Honor winner, Distinguished Service Cross winner, the Silver Star, and the Bronze Star. He was the first GI to earn four of the highest decorations for valor under fire. Audie Murphy was another one who did. He had played for which football team, Jeff? Uh, The Lions. That's right, the Detroit Lions. Mm -hmm. He was a platoon leader in the 3rd Battalion's 30th Infantry Regiment. In his first action, he landed near North A- in North Africa, near Casablanca, and then into Sicily, and helped catcher, capture Palermo. Marched 15 miles in 33 hours with the 3rd Division to get there. A big achievement. Then he landed at Salerno as a later wave, and he led a Company L at Acerno. And that's where he got his silver star and his purple heart, and he had led the men in a river crossing. Then came the assault on Monte San Nicola. He rescued a man under fire, and that got him the Bronze Star. As a side note, Jeff, I know you had put up that Pritzker military. Did you email, mention that as uh, a link or e- Twitter? No, I didn't. I, I, I mentioned it on Twitter, and I did want to mention it during this show, and I, I don't want to interrupt what you're doing. But Well, go yeah. ahead. Let's take a pause. and. Okay. Uh, I, I had never... Found this. I just found this website recently. There's a a library in Chicago called the Pritzker Military Library, and they run. Obviously, it's a mil- library of military history, and they run a regular podcast and also a TV, I think, broadcast on public television here in Chicago, and, and then it's probably syndicated throughout. And uh, there was one episode in particular that caught my eye, which was an interview with uh, two veterans of World War II who had been at Iwo Jima and a lot of other action, and they did interviews with them, and it's absolutely excellent. So I'll put a link on the show notes. And since you Twittered that out to us, I had gone in and already listened to an interview with Doris Kearns, is her name, I think, did Team of Rivals, Lincoln. So they do author interviews there as well on the podcast. Yeah, right. And I listened to a, a Medal of Honor winner today. Oh, you Vietnam. did? Oh, Fascinating. cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to listen. I've got a lot of catching up to do there. Well, there's like 40 episodes. Yeah. So, Captain Maurice Britt. Back to Captain Maurice Britt. Yeah. Near Casino, during the German counterattack, he shot off all of his am- ammunition, threw 32 grenades, Whoa. killed five Germans, wounded four, was wounded himself, shrapnel and a bullet, refused evacuation, and that got him a, his Medal of Honor. The British Military Cross also came his way from that action and his second Purple Heart. He then made a fourth amphibious landing at Anzio. And while securing a crossroads, he had stood up uh, to draw enemy fire and to pinpoint a German machine gun and got the artillery then to knock it out and got even more machine guns, including carriers and enemy mortars, and then he lost his arm in combat. Oh, my God. So he came home, he lived to be 76 years old, and he became Lieutenant Governor of Arkansas. 
Wow. To lead a distinguished leadership career on his return home. And that's our history report on Captain Maurice Britt. Thank you, Captain Britt. And very uh, appropriate considering we're Memorial Day. We should back to Memorial Day. We should probably do some more of those Medal of Honor winners. So if you're listening to those podcasts, Jeff takes a few notes. I will, yes. And give us a report. I'll do that. In abbreviated format. Yeah. Thank well, you for having me. Well, one other thing, Jeff, I have laying around. <laughs> All right. More? There's more? Holy cow. <laughs> After this, I'll have nothing. Okay. Your garage will be clear. It'll be cleared. The, uh, during the Palatine Area Advanced Squad Leaders meeting, people were leaving. I thought, you know, it might be good to do a sound of the game. So I descended into the basement with the laptop, wandered around a little, hear people playing the game, asking a few questions, get an idea of the camaraderie, and then interviewed the participants as they left the basement as to what scenario they played, if they had any advice about it, did they mm-hmm. like it or not. Thought, you know, throw it out there. Yeah. See if the listeners like it as a segment. It can serve several functions. One, you get an idea of the people in the club and the club, but yeah. you also can then hear some good discussion about the scenario yeah. being played. It's nice. So we'll roll that and then we'll come back and sign off. All right. Sounds good. It's about twenty, twenty five minutes. Okay. See you in twenty five minutes. All right, fans. I'm uh, at a PASL meeting and I'm recording a show. I'm going to go down or a segment for a show to record a whole PASL meeting. It would be an incredibly boring show, but I'm going down to the basement and I'm going to record. And they don't know I'm recording, so it's the sounds of the game. But the only way for me to destroy the, uh, the victory points to this scenario for me to destroy guns. Go in, repossess the gun, and then destroy it. And then, and then uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So. So you gotta, yeah, right, clear so out I, the crew. I have to. Sh- I'm shooting at your crew. I'm not really shooting okay. at the gun. Right. Can, uh, can small that's arms those so so small arms? Okay. Oh wait. So uh, these no, no, no. can never do anything. It's only like uh, bazookas. It's got to be a vehicle or something like that. Just small arms fire won't affect the. Yeah, we did a short one with infantry only. No, I did with skulk so. Just cowardly and went fast. That is very cowardly. Well, we'll do these guys. They'll be, it'll be a two up one. From, um, yeah. So I don't. So you get plus one to the back of the North Pole. All right. Oh, my beard. I'm not appreciating that. I have to lose some weight, I think, to get rid of that. Because it's skull set, too. You look like Chris Kringle. Maybe. He's out there. I don't know. He's got Right. Okay. And then my minus one on my leader. So I'm on a six. So that'll be a leader stone. Two and a half, three, two. Two up, two up, two up, three. Go for it. We have to worry about snipers. Sorry, kit. No snipers. Yeah. I'm still not very good at attacking, Dave. Yes, you are. I can play the defense a lot better than I can play the attack. Actually, I'm. I'm and, and Ron here, of course, is the guy who he he, he doesn't care if guys die. American, you know? Oh yeah, I do recall that, don't I? <laughs> Either I'm really conservative or I'm really not. Well, you know, you can always get better by playing more. If I want to learn how to attack, I need to let him attack me more. No, no. Observe no. how it happens, yeah. That's true. Observe what These guys will take that same shot. Okay. So they're, they're at a 4 1. Yeah, because they don't have that. I was trying to remember when you go CX, how much further do you get to move? Two. Two. If you call it at the start of the move. Sure. It's one if it caught later from uh, an advanced full, full ASL rule. So. Yeah, I could Does have a crew have to route away from the guns? 
No, it, it doesn't have to. No, no, he's always oh, broken. Cause, cause it's yeah, yeah, normal there. routing rules, right? He make a difference. Yeah, you don't have to leave, but I don't have to leave. No, yeah. Yeah. and you can so still advance it to CX. Yes. So I could have. I could have. Yeah, he's oh, they oh, the farther building. Here, <laughs> if I had CX <laughs> and survived. Yes, that's the big thing. Because correct. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Or one, two, three, or four, shot five, here as well. six, four seven, plus eight. One. Yes. Not being able to go through these. So I can, say I can the only go through those, those four. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. adjacent to you, even if you're in the can only go through those four hexes. I can't go anywhere else because of the flooded fields. Four plus one, that's a five. One MC. One MC. Okay. All right. All right, listeners, we're going upstairs now. What you heard was a lot of people helping each other. You heard the dice jars rolling. You heard one person laugh, which showed he was having fun playing Squalier. Just one? Just one? Yeah. I just snuck down and did a Sounds of the Game recording. It's a good thing I didn't see you. No swear words allowed. No swear words. All right, it's a post-game interview with Tom Barkalow. Tom is my friend who just does miniature games. But uh, he finally, after 20 years of badgering, decided to come over and try out the uh, PASL club tonight. Played his first game of squad leader. Tom, what did you think? What did I? Well, I used to play board games a lot, so I just I have played the original squad leader. Oh, okay. I'd never played advanced except a solitaire game of two out of the starter kit one. Um, what happened in this game? The Which purple, was purple. purple Heart Lane. That's scenario S19. I was the American. I had to grab six or more buildings. And while playing, for some reason, I kept thinking I had to have four or more buildings. And if Dave exited troops off the board, as I expected him to do, I'd have to grab more buildings. So I wasn't... I grabbed four buildings and then took it easy rather than pushing like I should have. You prep-fired a lot of 20 shots, 20 plus 1, 24 plus 2. But they were on guys in stone buildings. Yeah, but still, they were pretty powerful shots. Oh, yeah, that's because I had those uber paratroopers that the Americans have. Yeah. With the 7s. Oh, man. Anyway, um, it was interesting. It was, um, you know, ASL strikes me as kind of a... uh, well, back in the 70s or 80s, they would have called it a game with a lot of chrome, you know, with a very basic system and, system and then all of the stuff hung on it. Nowadays, we would say it's, it's pimped out with a lot of bling. <laughs> so, and, and that's really what the game system is, you know. It's, it's, uh, the basic mechanics are very straightforward. Yeah. And it's the outlying die rolls that really make it make or break the game. And uh, both Dave and I had moments of bad luck and good luck, you know. Yes, that is true. And Tom moved for the last buildings on the right, um, the one across the street, if you guys look at the scenario. And um, I managed to pin him and break his last two squads going on that side. Right. And then that ruined his and that chances. Was, to get that six. was with a uh, five. Five squad guy. Five yeah, four sh- four shot down two. Right, but four shot down two. And normal I, check and right. I I failed the die rolls on those. So. Yeah, although in the beginning he did totally wipe out my two light machine guns that are set up up front. So if you play this scenario, I might recommend you actually back off. Right. Give the Americans the front oh, buildings. Yeah, if, you, if those if those machine uh, 
guns. If I had grabbed those guns, I think it would have been next to impossible for the Americans, even with their you know, stack of three and 20 firepower out of a stack. Yeah. Although I would say if you bust a few of the Germans, you get a chance to outmaneuver them right. more squads. Right. The advantage the German has is that town on the uh, southern edge of the board setup, and uh, it permits them to set up in the lead houses and then what Dave was doing, what I consider a gamey or cheesy thing, which <laughs> ASL allows, which is you do a uh, move back from the building as a uh, skulk, a advance move back uh, assault then, move, and then you advance back in the building. So that skulking. deprives the Americans of any shots during the German movement phase or the German phase at all. Um, Nothing's too cheesy for me, folks. That's right. Well, there's that guy who has the tutorials on uh, Board Game Geek, and he comments about that. You know, any, of course, anybody that's an ASL uh, fan will always come up with a reason why that represents something Reality. in real life, though. <laughs> you know, it's a game thing. And I think I tried that, too, tonight. Oh, well, yeah, they're ducking behind real, the windows. Right, so. he, he, he did real well with it. And being a, a newbie with it, I wasn't sure how to counter it as the American. You just can't run up there because he's back, ready to shoot yeah. you up. Yeah, you have to prep somebody and right. then train. The one and thing I kept wondering is uh, if I had used smoke, if it would have done me any good. I couldn't figure out how to do it. Paratroopers have a fairly decent chance of putting smoke out oh. there. Yeah, if you have to move really just across the street or so, right. the smoke yeah. would have helped. Um, right. Did I not tell you about? Oh, I was a horrible. Helper. I no, should no, have reminded I knew you about the smoke. smoke. Yeah. yeah, it's just I was never close enough. Correct. Because I would. I kept in the two stone buildings there in the middle and kept shooting at you at the stone buildings on the outer edge yeah. of that town. And you weren't close enough and to you toss can't the win smoke. that way as the American. Right. You're so you have to do maneuver. If the Americans advance out of those buildings at some point and spread out, right, they can get the situation. Where they can toss the smoke in that right. street and then send the right. squad behind. Well, them. the Americans have so. the one disadvantage: there's only four hexes they can go through because the grain fields are treated as uh, swamp or, or yeah, water flooded, obstacle, flooded yeah. area. So they basically have only uh, a row or column of four hexes that they can advance through towards that big town, or to get more than the four buildings they can occupy in the middle. Yeah, it really restricts where they can move. So German just has to set up to have good fire lanes and, you know. Yeah, well, they don't have fire lanes and starter kit, but good lines of sights with his right. machine gun. So. Well, that's why I meant. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm thinking of other games where every time you shoot a machine gun, you lay out your... Yeah, lane. Of, yeah. Right. And you can do that in advanced squad leader, full squad right. leader. So. All right, well, thanks, Tom, and thanks for this little interview. And we hope you'll come back someday. Well, you didn't quite trounce me, but close. <laughs> I let him almost win in the last. Yes, turn. that's right. He was he was being good. All right, thanks, Tom. We'll interview someone else next. All right, now the second game here leaving this evening is S thirty two, and the name of the game was Goring's Men. A little louder, Goring's Men. And that was with Mike Lemke, and he's uh, how long have you played ASL? Maybe six months. Okay, that's good enough for us. <laughs> and uh, having played the game, it was Russians versus Germans. Yeah. Do you have any strategical tips? I mean, you got to use guns. Was it the first time with guns? No, not my first time. Okay. Yeah. 
my, I think it was Josh's first time there with guns. Okay, Josh, yeah. be up here in a minute. So, so we, you know, had to struggle with the rules a little bit, but of course, there's a lot of help here, so that's good. Well, except I abandoned you to come up and talk no, with Tom that's for a while, but. Um, and uh, give me strategic, like you put your guns up on the hills? Yeah, I put two on the hills and one in the kind of the center where the buildings are. And he basically focused a lot of his attention on the south where the hills are. So the gun and the, um, it, it seemed like the I needed more power in the south and I had the power in the north. So it was kind of a, a little bit of a mismatch. You know, my, I, I was doing well in the north because I had the guns there. He was doing well in the south. So maybe spread him out a little more? Or? Yeah, probably should have done that. Okay. You know, yeah. On first play by some rookie players, that's a little advice maybe to think about when you set up your own game at home, listeners. And um, we'll say good, goodbye to Mike. Thanks for coming okay. tonight. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Bye, Mike. <laughs> All right, Mike's left, and here's his opponent, Josh Stein. Josh, you guys played S32. Uh Gehring's men, and uh, can you give our, our listeners a little response about the scenario? What do you think about it? Uh, it was definitely the longest scenario I've ever played, <laughs> but, but For, or, or not finished. Uh, Let me clarify, it is a weeknight, and Josh has played how many games total in your life? Uh, uh, ASL, SK, probably uh, this would be my fifth, I would think. Another young player at the PASL club. Young at heart. <laughs> he has a few gray hairs, but... <laughs> That's right. Uh, but it was it was very enjoyable. Um, it was, uh, I think, both of our first uh, experience with guns, and I did a lot of reading beforehand. But it proved to me that uh, all the reading you do doesn't make any difference when you're in the heat of battle. And and both Mike and I had a couple of dumbfounded looks on our faces uh, over and over again about what do we do here, what do we do there. So. Luckily, Dave was next to us to answer a lot of the questions. Well, as I as I told Mike half the time, then I disappeared with Tom for a while <laughs> and then reappeared. But uh, it helps to have someone uh, adjacent to teach you. Right? That's right, because the rule book like, uh, looks a lot different when you're in the middle of a game than uh, when you're sitting there at, at home in bed or at the armchair reading it. Yeah, it sure does. And um, any strategic tips, or did you make any mistakes? Do you think Mike made mistakes? or you know, It's tough to do with a little experience, but... Um, Wow. Uh, Mike had a couple really bad rolls, but I think that's that's something to, to really take home with you. Uh, he lost two guns, or a gun and a medium machine gun, in, in one turn due to bad rolls. And um, if he would have revealed one of his guns a little earlier and actually started uh, taking me to task with them, I think he would have been better off. So I I would say maybe the, the something being hidden is a little enamoring, but um, those guns are powerful, and with their range as, as large as they are, you just, I think... Open up right away. Open up, yep. Yeah, it's probably good advice. And, uh, and downstairs we were talking a little bit about, um, you used to do a lot of video gaming? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, any kind of gaming I'm very happy to do. Um, I, I now have uh, a family, so video games take a lot of time, and I've backed off a lot on those. Which is a good thing, but you prefer face-to-face recently without a doubt and i don't even think recently it's uh the the video games are are an instant gratification but they don't leave you so satisfied i would say and the uh, face-to-face interaction meeting new people is a is a great thing 
And it is a great thing. And ironically, tonight uh, I had a new player in Tom Barkley you heard from earlier. He uh, works at Archon National Laboratories, and he Josh is also new tonight. He's sitting there across the table from Tom and goes, I know you. I work at Argon <laughs> too. Yeah, well, I think that just goes, goes to show you that the community is actually pretty tight-knit, and uh, it's exciting to, to find out all the, the interactions we have. And In fact, the Lyle Hobby thing, which is one of the reasons... I contacted Dave in the first place. And Josh is the listener who, well, many, many episodes ago, had emailed and said uh, he, where I bought my first squad leader games, advanced squad leader games, at Lyle's Hobby Shop. Josh is the one that worked there. What years was that? Oh, uh, I, I was going to say it's the early 80s, uh, 81, yeah. 82, 83 maybe. Right, and I left in 79 to go... Uh, to college, but still had frequented it because I lived there within a year or two after that before I, my parents moved away and I moved with them. So I probably saw you in there. <laughs> probably, I, I, was, I was in the back uh, selling the miniatures. That's where they delegated. Uh, yeah, the, I remember going to that counter and they were on these trays. On the, tr- on the metal trays yeah, that we glued he, down. Yeah, bring yep. down those trays and yeah. so it was wild. <laughs> and so here's Josh now. <laughs> Years later we meet actually playing squad leader. That's funny. Small world. Thanks Josh and uh, we'll talk to you later. Take care. All right, and here is Tim Klepeshek and Ron Schatz. Klepeshek. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and you've heard of that's you've heard both of you before. Well, yes. Well, we've series actually replays. did one of the um, yeah, we one did of one the of the series that replays. I tried to make an end run for the thing and didn't oh, yes. quite make it. And, and tonight they played a similar, um, similar ending to this scenario, and I was right. the one that tried the end run and didn't make it. And what is the scenario's name? It's called Frère d'Arme 2, or Du, I guess. Some kind of French thing. Brothers in Arms. Uh, okay. It's, it's modeled so after the, uh, the Band of Brothers. Band, Band of Brothers. Brothers. Yeah, it's because based I, on that. I killed David Winters. I, I killed, see, we, 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 that's a 9-1 that I got. Oh. Yeah, he's gone. Oh, and so. he was the guy from the movie? Yeah. yeah. And this, um, this is just a scenario that I don't remember what friend of mine pointed him out to me, but if you search for I found him again today, it was just, SK Scenarios, Brothers in Arms. I think that's how I found it. And up came a scenario to print well, out like and brought with you. Eight of them. And, and I based to try on one. the movies, right? Well, right, right. some of them are based on it. There's some other ones in there, too. Okay. It's actually pretty cool. And as far as, um, I guess tonight, we just want to do a quick... Um, do you have... Being, both these guys have played a lot of squad leader. Certainly. Not like our other players. Well, Tim is our experienced expert. Me, and like, Tim yeah, so is our kid. <laughs> yeah, you, you are. And um, so, what do you want to give as in terms of advice of maybe uh, strategy for this scenario? For a strategy, I don't know. My strategy was def- I was defending, and I, I held them off fairly well. I got the opportunity to lay out my lines and wait for him. Um, but he wanted to practice. He was practicing. Tim said he wanted to practice assaulting. So yeah, because I feel like I'm a lot better as a defender in ASL than as an attacker. So my approach to this one was, um, I tend to be kind of cautious. I think. Uh, yep. Uh, he was. Uh, Ron thinks I'm a little overcautious, but honestly, the, the the idea that I have is when you gotta, you know. Uh, Turn three, you were still. If you got to crank hexes. it up, do it at the time when it's critical, you know, and you can be afford to be cautious. And it actually turned out to be a lot closer than I thought. I feel like if I hadn't made a few mistakes in yes. the middle, I might have had enough guys at the end to have made it a much better shot. The lucky tear of my no, AT gun. No. That was nice. Ron, An AT Ron, gun hit how many Ron rates of fire? Seven. 
seven rates of fire on the AT. Ron may still be a better attacker than me, and I may oh, need to learn from I'm that. Sloppy. But, uh, uh, you know, I can't say that my general approach was that really that bad. It was so you think the game is you balanced? Can, he thinks I need to just... I think you need to get a little, bit, a little bit more on, to, just a little more pressure. The attacker? Mo- moving pressure. I managed to push... I've pushed you back mentally. Uh, you went around the wings a lot of times. You avoided some guys that were more of a, a, a little threat. They were only a little half spot on their own. Although two down two is still interesting. But... They, they were effective. They so maybe squad, sometimes you have to be, squads. in this scenario, you may have to be aggressive and hit this, take, up, hit yeah. the middle, or is it? Well, generally I try to be laying down smoke and take the safe path, and and, and uh, uh, haven't quite figured out when you just got to take your chances. Okay, so it's a short scenario, I see, six turns. And that's why I yeah. picked this yeah. one, right? Because I thought it was good for a Thursday. If it's good for a Thursday night, uh, and the advice from us would be, if you're the attacker in six turns, you've got to be able to make sure you move quickly enough to get to the end zone. Move firmly. I, I think okay. you were cautious in the first three turns. Sounds and, great. And at the end of turn three, you were still four hexes away from your start position. So, in that regard. But there we go. So a little bit of advice again. We this first time we played this one, so. Take it for what it's worth, folks, and uh, want to thanks these guys for coming out, and thanks for uh, being with us tonight, guys. Thanks. All right. Okay. Thanks. All right. At this point, everyone's left, but our last pair are downstairs still playing. So I'm going to go back down for the sounds of the game. All right, <laughs> I came back down to record the sounds of the game, and there's no sounds. <laughs> when there's only two people left, there's no sound. Yeah. What is with this? It's quite all of a sudden. <laughs> there was a lot about 15 minutes ago. I don't even hear dice rolling. You guys well, I blew up his tank. Doug can make explosion noises. <laughs> not very good at explosions. <laughs> I am. All right, we'll interview you two when you finish up the game. What, what are you making? All right, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. The last game of the night, we have Into Vienna Woods. It's ASL Scenario AP52. This is John. I'm sorry, John, what's your last name? I've only met you twice. Pyres. Pyres. Okay, yeah. I thought say Prines. Pyres. And um, Doug agrees, who I know I've met a few more times than that. Sorry, Doug. And gentlemen, what do you think of the game? Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> You mean in how it uh, went or the scenario? Yeah. Is it tight? Is it close? What do you think? Well, it came down to literally I had to roll a six or less to win. On the last turn. The what last do you have to do turn. to win this game? You have to take this hill or something? Oh, well, initially the, the Russians set up with real light um, uh, uh, troop levels on the upper hills and have to basically they get steamrolled by the Germans in like the first couple of turns and then Russians bring on reinforcements oh, I in see. three ten, ten and have to push them back off the hill. So okay. it's like uh, they take the hill, you have to take it back. Because <laughs> um, every time I looked at this game you were both just fighting for the hill. And I thought, yeah. what a stupid game. Well, well, Six turns of but, but you actually <laughs> well, the yes. problem is that John took the hill so easily in the second turn it looked like he had the hill the whole time, but believe it or not I actually owned it for <laughs> for like a turn. So and then you came back with these, these ten Russian squads. Yeah, and John was and actually took, John actually felt sorry for me 
since he pounded me off the hill so early that he gave me the the play balance in the middle of the game. In the middle of the game. What a guy! <laughs> what a guy! And then the extra tank basically helped knock him. Yeah, off the hill, and that really helped me. And I saw that game. you got a crit so. with that extra tank, and it hit like every time it shot. Yeah. Couple and crits, so on. yeah. Couple his, of crits, yeah. and, his, and his ten two, his ten two has like advanced body armor because uh, I got like two crits on that stack, and it's just like impervious. And John, what do you think? Balance game? Uh, yeah, I like it. I mean, he let me get up on the hill a little too quickly, yeah. but uh, what could he have done differently as a player? He should have hide hid his initial guys a little more. He had him up front. Okay. And so when they broke, that was they, most of them died from failure to route. Oh, okay. So maybe play a reverse slope defense? Right. Is that what they call it? Or keep somebody back. You know, he had his guys up on the front edge of the hill. Uh, he could have kept somebody in the back trenches. And, then, and I would have had to spend an extra turn trying to attack it instead of setting up my defense for his oncoming guys. Okay, great. Great advice. So anything else you guys want to say about the game? Uh, no, it was close. Uh, came down to the last roll. He, he passed his morale check so he could advance down to the hill for the win. Of course, he had a great opponent like John who helped him along <laughs> yeah. multiple times. I watched. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here, listeners. At one, <laughs> at one point, John what? said to Doug, You could intensify your guns. And I'm thinking, Don't tell him that in a close game like this. You know. He may be more of a rookie than that, you, but it's was, a close game. And so. That was a crit. Hit, and it, but it, but he survived, so it didn't end up, doing, it didn't end up damaging him any further. So there you go. But that was fun. All right, folks, that's I'm the end of. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a noob. You, you are a noob. <laughs> Still noob. But you, yeah, but Doug, you're a good newbie, man. Isn't he a good newbie, Doug? Right, right John? He's yeah, a good At least five, five years. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> so, all right, we'll say good night, everybody, and thanks uh, for. Uh, oh, you recorded the whole thing? No, but just some of it. So, good night. Well, that was great. Thank you for doing that. And thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. You know, I think uh, people like, the people that listen to the show, a lot of the people listen to the show, just like to hear guys sitting around talking about squad later. And that's, I think that's... The only thing that keeps us afloat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They certainly don't come here for news and information, facts and, you know... Well, you had an idea about the rules segments, right, Jeff? I think can yeah, we I announce think that, or is yeah. it too soon? Oh, no, I think we can announce that. I think what we're going to do in the future is have, uh, you know, we're obviously going to continue to do rules as we do these shows. Yeah, it's got to be part of the core of the show. And um, But then what we'll also do is take those rule sections out and offer those separately. For So for people who have listened to the show and want to go back and listen to the rule sections maybe again and again, maybe compile them, or whatever, just so they can keep rules fresh in their head. We'll have those separately, and we'll have a separate page for those where you can download those, and they'll be titled and indexed and all that stuff. And so uh, I think that'll be good. That would be handy. don't have yeah. to go back through the past shows and sit through the, all the agonizing small talk <laughs> to get to that rule section you wanted to get to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, check the reading room. Yes. There are links there to the Amazon, right? Right. There's links have. there to the books that we've read, and we're going to add ghost, so- ghost soldiers on there. And uh, anytime you buy something through those links, it uh, this, the two half squads get a, a few pennies, which is nice. Helps us uh, stay on the air. And we appreciate that, everybody. So I guess, does that wrap it up? That wraps it up. All right. Great. Well, that's all for show number 38. Eight. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, remember to roll low and rally well. 
but not when you're playing us. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.